Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about beer. Not just any beer, but craft beer. Catalonia may be more famous for its cava, but it's actually home to over 100 craft beer breweries, making over a thousand different craft beers. On today's podcast, we'll be taking a look at the industry, which is growing and going from strength to strength, while at the same time keeping its sense of close-knit community. This weekend marks the return of Barcelona Beer Festival. We went along to sample the goods and took a visit to Montsaigne Brewery, one of Catalonia's leading producers of artisanal beer. I'm joined today by Killian Shields and Guifre Jordan. Hello to you both. Yeah, hi Lorcan. Hey Lorcan. Tough week. Visiting festivals and breweries and all sorts. No, it's been it's been a hard one. Yeah, tricky. Getting paid for for testing beers and so on. Wow, that's that's very tough. We're gonna complain to HR probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've visited like two or three breweries and four or five craft beer pubs over the last like couple of weeks. So you know, you'll forgive me that I haven't had any time to do any research or work. <laughs> that was your, that, that was that your was research, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so seeing as you know you've 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 been to all these craft beer places, Killian, tell us what exactly is craft beer? What are we talking about? Well, that's a question that doesn't necessarily have a clear answer. There's no dictionary definition and there's no legal standards that it must meet. But if we're to go by the Catalan Guild of Craft Beer Makers, they do put one condition on the whole beer making process for the product to meet the definition. And that is that craft beer here in Catalonia cannot be pasteurized, which is a process that happens at the very end of the beer making. And this means that when it's not pasteurized, the end product that you have is a much more natural beer. And flavoursome, uh, would imagine, perhaps? Flavour is another aspect that can come into it. Um, I mean, all beer is made the same way, just with the same four ingredients, water, grain, hops and yeast. These ingredients can be altered, the balance between them can be changed, so that the end product is... There could be almost anything that you can imagine and even plenty of styles that you can't even imagine. So that goes for craft beer and what standard beer, your normal lagers or whatever. So the difference between them is maybe not clear cut. Precisely, yeah. But having said that, there are a couple of key characteristics all craft beers share, be they whatever style of beer that they are, if they're an IPA or a stout or a rye ale, whatever they are. So in speaking with brewers and other people in the industry this week, there was a couple of the same things that kept on coming up. And overall, there's an emphasis on quality. So brewers want to make the highest quality product that they possibly can. And this is what they're working towards. And apart from that, what is blindingly obvious to me in all my research, visiting bars and whatnot this week, is passion. I mean, everybody in the industry, be they brewers themselves, be they just drinkers at a bar who who like to take part in this, be they bar workers. Everyone is very, very passionate about this product. So there's quality and there's passion, but also what's key to the whole world is experimentation as well. There's a very adventurous spirit in searching for more and more interesting and strange flavors and combinations of tastes. Um, So 
very often you can tell what a craft beer is by what style it is. So everyone's familiar with IPAs at this stage. And then there's so many different types of pale ales as well, different variations, be they dry hopped, double dry hopped, New England IPA, West Coast IPA. Like we can even have like a Catalan Coast IPA now at this stage if if the ingredients are from the place where they're from. Um, Yeah, so very often the styles can also define them. And you can get all sorts of weird flavors as well, can't you? that ties in with the experimentation you're saying exactly a couple of ones that I've, I've seen from breweries here in Catalonia have been chocolate and chili stouts mm-hmm. so mixing so nice, these kind yeah. of flavours a carrot cake IPA is also a big one i try that <laughs> I've seen birthday cake flavoured beers I've seen whatever type of fruit sours you could imagine uh, oatmeal is a common ingredient in different styles of porter as well However, I must say that some brewer we, we talked to this week, they were a bit upset at the fact that industrial brewers are already producing IPAs too. Mm. Uh, well, of course, yeah. If there's an opportunity to make, if these become more popular and they're going to sell them, they're going to yeah, but get on like, board too. Oh, but they're, they're hopping like, on the bandwagon. <laughs> they're riding this like wave of popularity of IPAs. And, Absolutely. Yeah. They, they feel it like theirs, their product. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. their territory is being stepped yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that, I got the feeling when I talked to, to one of these brewers the other day. Yeah. Well, Gifrey, tell us a little bit more about the craft beer industry here in Catalonia? I must say it's it's booming uh, and it's been booming for the whole 2010s. Uh, we had a look at some, at some figures here and in 2012, 800,000 litres were produced, more or less. I'm talking about craft beer only in Catalonia. And in 2019, it's 5 million litres. So, right, that, so, is, so that is an, an exponential uh, increase. That's in only seven years then. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And in uh, in number of breweries, the same growth is observed. I mean, in 2012, there were 38 breweries. Now in 2019, there were 117. Uh, it's a massive growth. So there was a slump of- in 2020 for <clears throat> due to the pandemic. That's true. Instead of 117 now we have 107, but this this will pick up soon. And if you look back even just a few years earlier than that, back in 2007, we're, we're talking single digits in terms of uh, craft beer breweries in Catalonia. So, I mean, whenever I think of drinks in Catalonia, I said it in the introduction, you know, I think cava, I don't think craft beer. So, you know, is it, is it going to take over? Mm, I think not in the short run, I'd say, because the market share of craft beers, talking about only the beer uh, industry, is a ridiculous 2% of the whole consumption of beer in Catalonia. So all this 100 breweries, they have to compete just uh, for this 2%. We have to say, though, that this is booming, and not only industries are on the rise, but also consumption, because... Only five years ago, this market share that is now 2% was 1%. So so it's small, it's a very small industry, ground, but, but it's still growing and growing a lot in the indeed. last few years, especially. Indeed, yeah. And the industry is worth uh, 46 million euro at the moment, which is not a lot, but, but still it's growing. So speaking of beer producers, this week, the two of you went along to Cerveza del Monsain and met with the head brewer there. Yeah, a guy called Jordi Llavaria. We went all the way up to central Catalonia, to the Monseigne area, to the northern part of the Monseigne area. Monseigne is a mountain area in, in central Catalonia, and this brewery is uh, close to big 
central Catalonia, between the Pyrenees and the sea, let's say. Like, <laughs> Narrowing like, it down. Yeah, correct, yeah. So so pretty much that's that's where we went. And I must say that this Cerveza del Montaigne is one of the first brands that it comes to my mind when, it, when you think about Catalan craft beer brands. Okay, well, let's take a listen to how you got on. So as soon as you walk into the Montsen tap room, one thing that immediately struck me is the smell. H- have you gotten that smell, Gifre? Yeah, indeed. It's quite special, isn't it? Yeah, it's. No, it, I wouldn't say like beer, maybe, but I guess. Raw materials, isn't it? Yeah. It's, a lo- it's a lot of fresh ingredients yet to be elaborated into the beer, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And uh, wood. I can smell a lot of wood. It's essentially a warehouse. Although the first thing that you see as soon as you walk in the door is. Uh, a really quite a nice looking bar with one, two, three, four, five, six beers there on tap. Mm-hmm. So the tap room here in Monsen, uh, it's quite small. There's only four tables, a few chairs set out as well. But Jordi's just explaining to me right now that they've recently acquired the warehouse just right next door where the plans are to extend the tap room, make it much larger, much more seating area, and also to extend the bottling line as well. So. Overall, the Montsen production is going to be much larger in the near future. La simple existencia del tap room mm. ja, ja és una eina molt important. So the simple fact that Montsen have a tap room is one of the most important tools that they have in order to promote beer culture, beer tourism. So this is not just a bar, Jordi was explaining to me, but this is a place also where cultural activities of all sorts take place here, from book presentations to concerts to festivals to screenings. Uh, there's no end to the amount of things that can happen here. Aquí el primer que trobem és com és la sala que diríem de fermentació. So we've just walked past the glass doors here and we're looking at these huge tanks where the fermentation process is happening. Jordi describes it as this is where the real work is done. There's uh, the yeast that goes into the ingredients here. Are the friends of Jordi, he says. The whole process of brewing the beer really takes place in these gigantic tanks standing in front of us. Here at Monsen, they've got seven, which can hold 3,000 litres, and a further two, which hold 2,000 litres. So a lot of beer every day. (laughs) Inside of these gigantic tanks goes kind of the raw ingredients, no? The the grain, the cereal, uh, what essentially becomes a, a wort and the natural sugars that are included in this mixture combines with the yeast and as Jordi's explained to us beer is a fermented product fermentation happens when you mix sugar with yeasts and so depending on the different style of beer you can leave it for a different amount of time it could be one week or it could be a lot longer than that up to two months yeah (laughs) so even here in Catalonia they use a lot of English terms for the machinery so, for example, we've got the brew house, which is the start of the whole brewing process. And we've another thing called the Bryce tank. Literally the last tank that the beer goes into after it's left to settle for between one and eight weeks, depending on the style. So we've just left the main building. And we're going around the corner to the back, where we can find another building connected by about six or seven different pipelines, obviously transporting the beer from one building to another where everything is bottled. Oh, wow. (laughs) So what we're looking at right now is essentially like a factory bottling line. It's almost hypnotic watching the bottles be funneled into a small channel. They have a label slapped on them. 
They get funneled into another channel where we can see the beer being poured into it. Just about to the very top of it where we can see a little bit of foam still popping out at the very top of them. Before entering another production line where the caps are placed on top. So we're trying to approximate the amount of beers that we're looking at in front of us and Jordi says easily more than a thousand. Easily 80,000 bottles or more in front of us right now. There I was thinking, okay, yeah, maybe more than a thousand. No, easily, easily. Multiply that by 80. Well, that sounded like a lot of fun. I'm sorry I missed the school trip to Monsain Brewery. Um, 80,000 bottles of beer. I, I'm trying to imagine what that's like, you know. Uh, so what happened after? Did you organize a piss up in a brewery? Were you able to do that? <laughs> well, they were. They invited us to a couple of canyas, let's uh -huh. say. I call that research. Research. Yeah, yeah. that's what we did. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I mean, when you were there, did you get a sense of the kind of community that exists? Obviously, that's one of the bigger small breweries, if you like, isn't it? It's an oxy oxymoron, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, no, it's still absolutely a microbrewery. It still fits in this world. Um, but there's absolutely a community there. Like, we, we were speaking to more people than just Jordi, but they're explaining to us how, like, brewers all across Catalonia, essentially, they all know each other. They know each other from before their companies were launched as well. They collaborate with one another to come up with like weirder and like more interesting flavors, this kind of thing. But even if it's not a collaboration on a beer, like they're all very happy to like help each other out with giving information, with sharing and in, in problem solving, this kind of thing. Yeah, it seems they get on really well. I mean, they are quite young as companies, let's say, so they still get on well, I guess, maybe, let's see in the future. But, but still, they do regular gatherings you know, among the professionals and so on. And, you know, they, they have the same problems, the same challenges, the same stuff. So so it's a very nice... I got, after the visit to, to Monsen, uh, I got the feeling that there's a very cool atmosphere in, in this and fair and fair competition and cool atmosphere here in the in the craft beer industry. And uh, another, like I remember, Gifre, when we talked on the podcast on wine, that, uh, you know, this wine tourism is a, is a massive thing in Catalonia, you know, visiting vineyards. And it's kind of taken off a little bit, this, the beer tourism, visiting breweries and stuff as well, isn't it? Absolutely, because one of the key elements of the Catalan craft beer industry is that it's spread out across the country. We'll share a map on all the breweries uh, that we have in Catalonia. And you can see that there are factories everywhere. You're uh, never too far from a, a craft beer brewery. Definitely not. I'm at the moment checking this map and I can see, you know, breweries in the Pyrenees, in Western Catalonia. Yeah, I've been at uh, Setreza over in Lleida, La Pobla de Segur. Oh, wow. Amazing, yeah, to, to sample what they're making over there. Yes, yeah, so there are loads, and I'm sure some of them are using some local ingredients. So you'll get unique products in each of them. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes all this world so special, I'd say. One of the unique flavors that Monsen offer, actually, as well, you might remember when he was speaking about it, was that the the chestnuts that are grown in that area, ah. well, they use them as an ingredient in some Lovely. of their beers as well. Yeah, yeah nice. I remember as a kid going to Monsen every year as a school kid 
to collect chestnuts. So Monsenni is very famous for, for chestnuts. So I'm not surprised that they're doing a little bit of merchandising mm-hmm. thing. As we heard from our visit to the Monsenni Brewery as well, the way they do different kind of cultural activities there. Um, well, we can say that there's 71 different breweries across Catalonia that offer visits. Uh, there's 55 different tastings, 10 brewing masterclasses available. And in 2019, so the last year before the pandemic hit, more than 50,000 people took part in these kind of activities. And another kind of aspect of the whole craft beer industry are festivals as well. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's, it's central to us. People like to go on their holidays and sample the local flavors that the craft beer breweries would have wherever they are. But, of course, this weekend is a very special one here in Barcelona because it's the return of the Barcelona Beer Festival. Their festival that was organized for last year was actually set to take place on the weekend that the State of Alarm was announced. And the very, very beginning of the pandemic. Not the best timing. Mm, Unfortunate, (laughs) but... Now, finally, it's, it's returned all these months later. Okay, well, let's see how you got on there, Killian. We're here at the ninth edition of Catalonia's biggest celebration of craft beer, the Barcelona Beer Festival. Over the course of this weekend, no fewer than 575 different types of beer will be served up from a total of 250 different breweries from across the world. Ukrainian producers Berryland have come to share their rhubarb sour mead with us, one that I am personally very excited to try. Americans Cascade will be showing off their highly experimental blend ale, a selection of triple, red and quad sour ales aged in oak barrels for three years, while Quebecois brewers Le Trois Musketeers are presenting a smooth Baltic porter that their representative Alex described for us. This is a Baltic porter. It's a lager. It's a brew with uh, maltos and coffee. You could match it with uh, with uh, chocolate or with a um, smoke uh, kind of smoked meat or some other kind of strong cheese. Given special pride of place, this edition are nomadic breweries, including Oddity Brewing, Engorile Beer, and Caravel. These nomads are microbrewers that don't have their own facilities, but rather they rent installations and equipments from other brewers in order to produce their own recipes. Now, one thing that we have to remember is that this is the first edition of the beer festival since the pandemic began. Roger Villa from Graham Pierce Brewing in Menorca describes his excitement to be back. It's fantastic because uh, two years ago it was suspended, like one week before the, the festival. It was really sad for, for the whole uh, community. And two years later, we are here and we, we are really... We, we really want to enjoy this, this weekend and drunk and taste a lot of beers. <laughs> But now, indeed, we are back with an even wider offering of activities as this year is going to be the most musical beer festival that Barcelona has ever seen, with a dozen concerts organised over the course of the weekend. The beer festival is open until this Sunday, December 19th at La Farga in L'Hospitalet. That was the Barcelona Beer Festival. you got to be quick if you want to make it to that. Yeah, I'm not going to miss it. You're not going to miss Definitely it? Definitely not. No, no. Well, maybe I'll try and get along. You know, just listening to all of this, I, I've, I feel like I need to try <laughs> a lot more of these craft beers. And I'm thinking, like, whenever I lived in other places, I used to go to the bar and I'd always be looking at the taps. I'd be looking in the fridges. What beers can I try? I don't know whether it's because the weather here, you're normally sitting outside when you're ordering a beer. So I just go, oh, yeah, just give me a can, yeah, you know, because... 
I can't see what's on offer. I just always go for the default. Whereas, you know, when I lived in Scotland or back home in Ireland, you know, you'd, you'd very much be inside those cold winter nights and you'd be saying, oh, I might try this kind of chocolate stout or, you know. And uh, I have to say, I wasn't really aware that there was so much of a craft beer culture here. Uh, so, yeah, definitely going to, that could be a New Year's resolution, can you know, drink more beer. Go. It's not a typical New Year's resolution. <laughs> Most people try to go the opposite way, but <laughs> I mean, this is just uh, exploring a new world, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I must say that some bars in Catalonia have craft beers, but the majority still don't. And maybe that's why you are also missing this this bit, because it's still rare to find. You have to go to craft. specific places. Yeah, maybe. a little bit. Hmm. Hope it's expanding in the near future, though. Okay, before we wrap it up here, I just thought we kind of mentioned some strange flavors. What's the weirdest flavor you've ever sampled, Killian? Uh, the weirdest? Ooh, I'm not sure. I think maybe something in the world of lambics or sours. You can definitely get some very interesting, like, fermented flavors there. What's amazing is in the summer when the sun is beating down and you get a really refreshing, very citrusy, fruity kind of sour. So that gives you the same kind of uh, feeling of refreshment that you'll get from a, a standard canya. But, you know, you're having something much more interesting and, like, with much more depths of flavor behind it. So I'd have to go for maybe, like, a kettle sour, maybe a pineapple sour, Ooh, something like this, maybe. Yeah. That does sound slight, slightly weird it's like pineapple on pizza pineapple on beer i'm not sure <laughs> gonna have to try it it works it works you know that sensation that you'd get like when you're a child eating like those uh, strange like sugar packed sour sweets it would make your face just like wrinkle up and like your lips would just concave back into your mouth and your eyes would be squinting and you'd nearly be crying with the sourness well some of the beers offer that same <laughs> sensation but once you get past the initial shock and uh, you really get to taste the flavours, then trust me, trust me, it's a world very much worth exploring. And what about you, Gifrey? Any strange flavours, strange beers? Yeah, to be honest, recently uh, I just drank uh, some very weird beer brewed in my hometown in Badalona and I can tell the flavour, I can tell the ingredients, I only can tell that its name was Surfing in the Hell. Okay. Uh, and it tasted a little bit like like this like hell kind i mean it was what, like fiery it was yeah it was the amount of alcohol there was uh, like story, okay. maybe the same or even more than a than a glass of wine you know it was incredible and the taste was probably as hell i did <laughs> you mentioned fiery there lorcan it is not uncommon to find some beers with chilies infused in the whole uh, brewing process as well. So, yeah, you can even get spicy beers. So drink responsibly, folks, both for the alcohol content and watch out for those chilies too. <laughs> Time then for our last Catalan phrase of the year. Gifrey, what is it? It's not a Catalan phrase. It's a Catalan set of words that you need if you want to order a beer in Catalonia. For uh -huh. instance, if I say quinto. Quinto. Can is, I have a quinto? That's a bottle, isn't it? No. It's yeah. a small bottle. A small, a small bottle. bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quinto, it means a fifth uh -huh. in, in English. So, so it's, what, a fifth, it's 200 milliliters yeah, then? that's the thing. Liter. It's un okay. quinto. Quinto, what else? Uh, what else? Una caña. Yeah, that's like a like draft glass of beer. Yeah, it could be like 33 centiliters. That'd be more or less a, a normal caña. But uh -huh. if you say una cañeta, it's like the size of a quinto, but in draft, uh -huh. let's say, more or less. Caña, cañeta. You've got a mijana. Do you know what it is? Killian knows. Killian knows. It's it's knows yeah. a, a bigger bottle, no? Is that a bigger bottle? Yeah, yeah. It's no. like 500 milliliters. 
Do it not? No. Do it not? It's a, it's a third of a liter. Uh, for, for us, 500 milliliters is too, too much, big, yeah. I'd say, at once. But if you want to go for more, you've got a Jerra. I haven't come across that one, Killian. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> so what's that? It's half a liter. It's more or less. It's a jar you've attained. A jar, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't say yeah, a, a jar. A, a jar of beer. beer. It's nearly a pint. In our it? parlance, it'd be the closest thing to a pint. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But do we use pinta? Mm, yeah, but only when you go to an Irish pub, let's say, <laughs> but not to a regular pub, let's say. I would say jarra instead of pinta. Okay, so we've got quinto, caña, cañeta, michana, and jarra. Salut. And that's us for this week on Filling the Sink and indeed for this year. Thanks to Barcelona Beer Festival and Montsane Brewery for chatting to us this week. Guy Frey and Killian, thanks very much for joining me today. It's been yeah. a pleasure. A pleasure. Pleasure's all mine, Lorcan. And of course, I want to say a huge thanks to you, all of our listeners, for tuning in to this episode and throughout the year. Now, if you're really missing your Filling the Sink fix next week, you could always listen back to our Christmas podcast from last year. That was episode eight, Christmas in Catalonia. That's what I'll be doing. You, you two both as well, I take it, yeah? As soon as we finish recording. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Until next year, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bonas festas.